You're going to have too many coaches in big, big games, especially have players faking injuries. I hate a sport where people fake injuries. I don't know how you would. I don't know how you would police that. Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Lena McRae. We're back with another Yak Sports Podcast, your Augusta County Sports. Joe Deck, I'm Leela McRae. Joe, let's talk about some high school basketball as we're to state playoff time and regions are done. And uh, all that stands in Augusta County are two Riverheads teams. Yeah, um, how we got here was Riverheads uh, in a game that you and I called Thursday night, um, making a game-winning free throw with .7 on the clock to beat Cumberland in a game really that both teams tried to lose it. Um, <laughs> Cumberland fouled with, I don't know, seven seconds on the clock or something like that. Yes. Riverheads struggled at the light line all night. They struggled there, missing the front end of a one and one. And then inexplicably, Riverheads fouls at half court. They Cumberland, fouled like they were trailing. Yeah, and Cumberland goes to yeah. the line uh, to shoot free throws. They hadn't missed the whole night. The first miss from the line comes there. Uh, Riverheads gets it, calls timeout with three seconds left on the clock. They throw the ball down the floor. It bounces off the backboard. Uh, it bounces on the floor up to the backboard yeah. and back off the rim. It was crazy. And then uh, Riverheads gets fouled in the act of shooting. They make the first, miss the second intentionally, and win 49-48. And then in a game we did not get to see, uh, they got smoked by Carver uh, by 12 points there. Stewart's draft. The game we did go to Friday night, they got smoked in the region semis against East Rock, as expected. East Rock goes on to the state championship. Uh, they would go on to win the region or, championship that weekend. Yeah. Uh, or not state championship. Yeah, they're going to the state tournament. Uh, Stewart's draft yeah. season ends. Riverheads girls, though, um, they beat Rappahannock County on Friday and then won the yeah, region on Saturday against Alta Vista. So congratulations yeah, to them. They get a home game against West Point on Friday yeah, night. They do. Uh, and the state tournament, and the boys will be going on the road to Surrey. Yeah, and and the thing about the state playoffs, so anybody listening wanting to go to the, one of these games, they're not held at the high school you're playing against. They're held at a local school. So Riverhead's actually going to play their – the girls are going to play their game at Wilson, and then the boys going to Surrey County, they're going to play at a school close to there. I actually can't remember where it said. Both of those games Friday night. So make sure you know where you're going if you're listening to us. To go back – to the girls, uh, they played Alta Vista there in the region championship. Alta Vista, I believe, lost their best player the game previous with a bad season-ending uh, injury. So maybe Riverheads wins anyway, but that would probably give you a lot of doubt of Alta Vista going on the road and pulling the upset against uh, Surrey County. So it's very likely... Riverheads girls, if they're able to advance, then they're going to face Surrey County. And the way that the brackets every other year, they switch it. Riverheads would have to travel to Surrey County. They'd both be region champions. And just this year, the way it would work, they would go to Surrey. So really only one home game uh, likely for the Riverheads girls. Uh, the Riverheads boys, they're on the road. And then if they win, which is a tough task, they're likely going to get Carver Academy again. Um, so that's a team they lost to by 12 points just last week. So they'd really have to flip that around, but obviously we're hoping both Riverhead teams able to advance, able to get to the Siegel center here in two weeks. Uh, but both have a lot of work to do against some tough teams to do that. 
Yeah, girls maybe. Um, guys, I I would be really surprised. I think they're just they're that second consistent scorer short, in my opinion, of being able to put it all together yeah. and get to a state championship this year. Maybe next year that that player will reveal themselves and will be more consistent. But this year, I just watching the Cumberland game. Uh, it, it really was a one man show there. We didn't see the Carver game, but I would imagine it was more of the same. And I just haven't seen, I've seen Riverheads a few times now this year, and I just haven't seen that second score show up and be consistent. If Riverheads is to get to a state championship on the boys' side, it's because that second score shows up in these state tournament games, which would have to be something they haven't done this year. We saw that, and in all honesty, two years ago, you know, Jarvis Vaughn for Robert E. Lee had not been the dominant force that he ended up being in that in that tournament run. Um, really, in the regionals, he started really setting up, and then state play played very well. And he he had that six game stretch that was a lot better than any other six game stretch he had had during the regular season. So it's possible for that to happen late in the season for a player to kind of mature and get to a better point. We've seen it happen now. No one on the roster has, you know, division one basketball like Jarvis Vaughn ended up having, but who can supply those extra points? Who can be that um, spot that they need? And I agree with you. They need it. They, they are lacking someone to really step up. I think in the years to come, it might be a very, very familiar name. It might be uh, Grant Painter's brother. Uh, that is that kind of guy that can step up and shoot. Uh, but again, that's, you know, attacking the basket and outside shooting. It really would be nice if they had just some kid with some kind of height that could get physical down low and really do well. They do have a little bit of height in Drew Bond and uh, down there, but he he is more of a pull it outside and stretch the court a little bit kind of guy. So, uh, yeah, I agree with you about the guys. For the girls, they're, they're really, uh, I believe Sarah Moore led, very good team. Uh, they, they, they're led by her, but they do get the ball around. Um, I was impressed with them when I saw them a couple of weeks ago. I think I talked about it on the podcast then and a couple nice pieces that I really thought they played very good role basketball and uh, people did well with each one of their roles. So um, I have hope that they're able to advance because of that reason, because they're not going to depend on one player that could have a bad night. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just I'll be honest, I, I just don't know enough about these region A teams on the boys or the girls side to tell you with any certainty what's going to happen with our with these Riverheads teams. Um, so we'll see. I, again, I feel more confident in the girls than I do the boys. I don't yeah. I just haven't seen it from the boys. The girls you were have more the confidence in the region champion than the one that didn't yeah. win the region. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and the girls were the one seed going in, which gives me more confidence in them as well uh, in that region. So I, I think they have a really good chance uh, to win at Wilson on Friday. And then if you do, I mean, it's a, it's basically one win and you're in. So to the state championship game. So yep. we'll see what happens there with the girls. Best of luck to them and best of luck to the boys too. Um, yeah. East rock from the Shenandoah district on the class two side of things, they're going to host Greenville on Friday. I think they'll beat Greensville and I think they will lose to Goochland in that state semifinal. This just feels kind of like the football team, a team that you think has the potential to win a state championship, but they're going to come up just short and they're going to fall in that state semifinal. They beat George Mason by seven. I haven't seen George Mason play this year, but I really thought if this was a state championship team that they would definitely 
pound George Mason. And they had to kind of come back against George Mason. They yeah. It's it's just not a game that inspires confidence. I know they throttled Stewart's draft, but that was expected. And yeah, it was. I, I just I don't I didn't get that feel watching them as as dominating as they were against Stewart's draft. I didn't get that feel that this team is clicking on all cylinders at the right time. I, I agree with you. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, in short, I, I don't really have much else to say. You know, we talked about them all season. We kind of assumed they'd be the last man standing out of the uh, class two teams. And sure enough, they are. Nickel's good. Uh, local, Nickel's local good. Knowledge. Jefferson's they good. But what happens if they run into another team with a little bit of size? Stewart's draft yeah. has zero size. Um, I'm going to go out. Let's see. I think there was only two teams I didn't see in the Shenandoah district this year. Uh, and they weren't the top teams. So I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb and say no one in the else in the Shenandoah district has size. Uh, they're going to hit somebody with size or just excellent guard play. And I don't know if they're going to be able to consistently handle that. I, again, maybe East Rock will prove me wrong. Maybe they'll get to a state championship. Maybe they'll win the state championship. And if they do, congrats to them. But I just didn't get that feel watching that team play. Uh, against Stewart's draft uh, to me they were more impressive earlier in the year and that loss to Ari Lee still sticks in my mind uh, Ari Lee was a team that got hot at the right time and beat them on their home floor so I don't know Nickel is really good Jefferson's really good my question being when they're in a test can they can they consistently be able to win it they did against George Mason they didn't against Ari Lee I, I just don't think this team's going to have enough when they get to Goochland. It is that question of can one of those two players or the combination of them both lift that team up? And uh, oh, they're going to need yeah. both. Yeah, uh, they're going to need yeah. both. I don't think they have. They've got some good players outside of those two, but I wouldn't trust anyone else on that floor to make a basket if I needed it. That's probably fair. And I've, I guess I've only seen them what once. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's my judgment and seeing them for the last couple of years, but I guess on the bigger sense, I was bringing nickel up is local teams need to offer him scholarships <laughs> and get him there. Yep. And I assume Dalton Jefferson's going to have some opportunities at the next level. I would imagine those are probably D three opportunities, but maybe higher. Maybe there's something I don't know about. He just doesn't have a lot of size to him. Uh, he's tall, but he just doesn't have any meat. I was gonna say, I can see a lower tier local D2 maybe maybe a shepherd or something that needs yeah needs somebody yeah. and is willing to put in the work with them um yeah. but yeah he's not he's not a D1 player nickel yeah, nickel is I mean, he, uh JMU nickel yeah. court there in Harrisonburg needs to be a thing <laughs> get him on the team I am with you all right talking about the next level of basketball uh rankings pretty similar as they've been and Virginia Tech ranked 20th I still say we're we're probably not the 20th ranked team without Justin Robinson for real, but I guess they just leave us there. So when he gets back, we can rise a couple spots and probably be He's a little a little bit accurate. Uh, Virginia Tech won at Notre Dame uh, in a game they kind of toyed with Notre Dame a little bit, but still it's a road win in the ACC. You take them. But if you're listening to what I'm saying right now, that meant, means Virginia Tech lost against Duke. We're only going to sub something in on Tuesday night if the um, – I won't say miracle, but the unlikely, very unlikely happens. Maybe more sneakers 
uh, blow out for some other guys and more guys get off the court. But Virginia Tech will have to play an absolute perfect game and Duke will have to play terrible. And then still the ball will probably have to bounce the right way for the Hokies to win that game. So you're probably listening to this and uh, there's no new record happening. Yeah, Ahmed Hill is going to have to find the alien that stole all his talent uh, before conference play. Is this it's LeBron James and the new Space Jam? Yeah, Ahmed Hill is in Space Jam <laughs> too. Apparently, you um, think that aliens they stole gone his talent a little already. more talent than Ahmed Hill, but yeah, yeah, but apparently they settled for Ahmed Hill um, and stole his talent. But uh, yeah, they're not going to beat Duke Tuesday. Uh, this is going to be in the podcast because we are not re-recording it. They are going to not only are they going to lose to Duke Tuesday, they're going to get housed by Duke Tuesday. Yep, and then they'll have some time to lick their wounds. They have the weekend off. They have a, a late bye in the ACC basketball. And then they're going to lose to Florida State. Yeah, they and and if to be fair, I have some notes down here, and we'll talk about it in our last block. But you can see them. Uh, Joe deck, you can look at them and I have marked us down and I've had it marked down for a loss versus Duke and a loss versus Florida state. I'm not dumb enough to just assume anything. Uh, Florida state is a Jekyll and Hyde team. I would give us a better chance against them than Duke, obviously, but it will be a tough game. Uh, nonetheless, let's move on to UVA. They move up a spot to number two. They're now ahead of Duke who they've lost to twice, but you know, Duke, Duke lost to UNC the other day. It, it just kind of proves the rankings really just don't matter. They're in that one seed area, and that's all they need to do. Uh, they lo- they won at Louisville, had to have a big comeback to do it, um, and then they're going to keep rolling this week. Georgia Tech and Pittsburgh this week. The Hokies had this week the other the other week. Now it's their turn, and it's going to be two more wins for UVA this this coming week. Yeah, it is. But man, that guy at Louisville, what is he doing? The Cincinnati coach or the Xavier coach. That's yeah, I was going to say, he's not the yeah. Cincinnati coach. Yeah, I, he's the yeah, former Xavier there. coach. I What is going on there? He blows more leads. He's it's Something it's, in the water there. <laughs> it's not good. I'm ready for you to compare him to Justin Fuente there with the second half. Uh, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, something's going on in the locker room that's not good. He's maybe should be doing the opposite. Maybe he should just not talk to the players at all. Maybe so. It, it's, that's really two bad second halves against the top of the ACC. Um, that's not a good sign because come ACC tournament, uh, you want to be playing stronger than that in the second half for sure. Well, and they're going to be in the tournament, but I mean, we're talking about seeding right now. I mean, that, yeah, you are going to really be a high win, seed yeah. if you win one of those games. Yeah. Yeah. They, they would have a really good opportunity. They both would have been road, I believe. Or no, the UVA one was at home, but that's yeah. even worse to choke at home. I wrote the top eight down here and not to blow past the top seven, but Houston's number eight. And I had, I hadn't paid any attention to Houston this year. Where'd that come from? The old AAC, the American athletic conference. Well, just like football, I don't care what they're doing in the AAC. Yep, so I'll just leave you that disrespect alone. them. Yep. It's okay. <laughs> is, College basketball, Houston, the tournament lets all the conference champions in. So they'll is, get a chance. Is Houston gonna, well, they have enough room to do that. Um, if, Houston, you know, doesn't make it to the final four where they still hand some kind of national championship banner in honor no, because of other they get a chance Atlantic. to they get a chance to play in the tournament unlike football where they purposefully exclude the majority of college football teams. Yeah, but Houston's not going to get seated favorably. I mean, there somebody if they're an eight seed, they'll them. be a three or a four seed, which is good enough. Someone, someone's going to sneak past a them three and or a four seed is good enough. They're going to have a. I guess Michigan State's already in front of them, but somebody's going to pass them in the standings, probably like a Michigan, and they'll be all offended, and and that'll be it. They'll be a three or a four, and that'll be good enough. (laughs) All right. I got a question for you because I really don't know. 
Did Bryce Harper sign with anybody? <laughs> no, Bryce Harper has not signed with anyone yet. Uh, it's got to happen this week, doesn't it? Phillies, Dodgers, Nats. That's who you have on here. I'd like to add the Giants as well. I thought the Giants were in, and now they're out. And the Dodgers are the ones that heated up. They had a yeah, the Sunday Dodgers night, they had a big meeting with them. Yeah, that's weird. I don't get it. Unless they're going to trade, lefties. unless oh. they sign somebody, and then they're trading one of these other lefties. I don't understand the Dodgers. I don't think the Nats are going to get him. Uh, and so I think he's going to go to the Dodgers because that's we listen, I, we both listen to a going. podcast, uh, the Tony Kornreiser podcast. And I think Gary hit the nail on the head when he talked about it. If he was going to sign with the Phillies, it'd already be done. I don't yep. think he wants to go there. I think that fan base as, uh, they like to call it passion. I think everyone else looks at it in terms of s- insanity and, not a lot of players from outside Philly ever want to play there. Mike Trout might, which you know what? Good for you. Um, but most other players don't want to put themselves in that hostile situation. That is the city of Philadelphia. So I don't think that Bryce Harper wants to be there and I don't blame him. Those people are crazy. Isn't Trout from Pennsylvania or something? He's from Jersey, but right outside. Yeah, Philly. Close to oh Yeah. from Philadelphia's right there. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I agree 100% with that point. And I actually didn't listen to the podcast today of Tony Kornheiser, so I didn't know that point. But I think he's going to the Dodgers and exa- for the exact same reason. If he wanted to be a Philly, he'd be one already. Yeah, because they've already offered him a lot of years and a lot of money. Um, the Nats, I know the Nats did as well, but the Nats offered him basically what Manny got. So he wants more than what Manny got. I think he's going to take a shorter-term deal with the Dodgers and then see what happens when he hits free agency again. So, and that's why I think the Nats still have a chance. If he goes for a short-term deal and tries to bet on himself, I, th- I think that opens the door for the Nats. Maybe I think the Nats make more sense from a lineup standpoint, but yeah, look, the Dodgers they, probably have a planned, better chance to get to a World Series than the Nats. And both those teams we're talking about, though, really have planned to not have him. They've created lineups. They have talent in place that they think they can they can have a successful season without him. So. Um, I think it's a good situation for winning either either one of them, probably equally. No, the Dodgers have a better chance because better, you but, don't have but, to play the Phillies or the Braves, which are better than anyone in the NL West right now, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, the Giants are down. All right, moving on, NCAA football. The reason we're talking about it is Virginia Tech. Finally, someone transferred in. I guess that's not finally. Another guy did the but other week. But who this cares? This guy sucks. Does he? Dude, two touchdowns, six picks at Oregon. He he was like a freshman when he did that. Yeah, the Pac-12 is known for its great defenses. So. I, I kind of never want to see freshman starting, period. It, I know Alabama's had some luck with it, but it doesn't seem like those are uh, easy to get a hold of. But I, I'll take more talent in the room. From where we were three weeks ago, where there was two guys in the room, I'm plenty fine with adding a guy that was – is a dual threat four-star quarterback out of California that everybody was wanting two years ago and that he had other offers to transfer to right now, I'll take him. I'll put him in the room, let him compete. I don't like the idea of going into that room like we were three weeks ago where Willis just competes with Quincy and that's all we got. I like a lot of competition and let him battle it out. Because maybe one, maybe Quincy's not as good as I hope he is. So I'm, I'll take this guy in there battling. Okay, I'm going to take that this guy didn't do good at Oregon and the Pac-12 is worse than the AAC, which you crap on every week we talk about college football. 
the Pac-12 is worse. So if this kid can't cut it there with the lack of defense that that entire conference embraces, then I don't want any part of him because I, I just can't wait for one of our quarterbacks to be good. So you can be wrong. Quincy Patterson. I like Quincy Patterson. Hendon <laughs> Hooker's back. I think Hendon Hooker might be better than this clown. Braxton Burmeister. I'm not really happy with her Hendon Hooker. And I know I'm, I'm light on guys when they say they want to go and I'm like, okay, it's a, it's a young guy or whatever. But like he kind of referenced his lack of commitment in his coming back. And it's just, well, it, you know what that, that tells me though? Not anybody else was interested. So maybe yeah. he's not that good. Yeah. But that doesn't help me. <laughs> Burmeister sounds like a beer and I don't really want him playing quarterback. Um, as, as, as a Supreme court jo- justice recently said, I like beer. So I'm, I'm rolling okay. with him. Well, the last guy that was beer related <laughs> at quarterback was Michael Brewer and he was injury prone and not great. He wasn't bad. He was good. Not he was great. The best, he was the best we had. That was for sure. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. Um, but yeah, I am all about Quincy Patterson. If Ryan Willis or this Burmeister character win the job, I'm out. Fire Fuente at the press conference where he announces it. He never announces it. It's snuck out late on a Friday night before the first game. And then you fire him and say, okay, you're actually not coaching. You fire him as he gets off the bus. Yeah. Who are we playing that first game? (laughs) Somebody terrible. Robert uh, Morris. My neighbors. Oh, cool. Fire him at Heathrow. Yeah. That's not Heathrow. Heathrow is London. Uh, What is that airport in Boston? Whatever it's called. Yeah. Fire him. You fire no, him. I'm at, not there. I, you I'm fire not, him at the I'm Roanoke Airport before you get on the plane. I'm making jokes with you. I, I want to be clear about that. I do not want to fire Fuente immediately. Uh, I'll I let do. you handle that. I do. I'll do it. I'll tell him to his face. <laughs> I don't care. It'll be like, you're an idiot. Here's our special assistant, Joe Deck. Yeah. Ryan Willis, are you on drugs? Get out. All right. Let's talk NASCAR real quick. Kozlowski won at Atlanta. Bubba Wallace was terrible. Menard, eh, top 15 finish. Yeah. Next up, next up at Vegas. Yeah, Brad Keselowski won. Brad Keselowski is going to be good this year, so that's not really a surprise. Um, I told you Bubba was going to be terrible. And Menard, top 15 finish isn't bad for the Wood Brothers, so we'll take it, and uh, we'll ride hard at Vegas. We'll roll Toyotas, the dice. Joe Gibbs' Toyotas are still running pretty tough, and uh, that's good. I'm not the biggest uh, Bush fan. The M&M cars. My kids really, they're the Daytona 500. They really wanted to root for that M&M's car, and I wouldn't mm, let them. No. I, I said, I was no, glad you can't root for that he, M&M car. I was glad when he lost to Denny. Yeah, I don't they, really like Kyle Busch. They got onto the McDonald's car, and I was comfortable with that. I'm not familiar with who's driving the McDonald's is car. Is that Harvick? I don't know. No. Harvick is, is, Harvick is driving the Outback car. No. Uh, see, that's or how he's bad sponsored by Outback. Is he, we, you could have gotten a free Bloomin' Onion tonight. With a per- with any purchase, man, really messed out there. If anytime All he right. finishes in the top ten, folks, you get any you can buy a soda to go, and you get a free blooming onion. So, Kevin Harvick, we're all Kevin Harvick fans to finish in the top ten. No, no doubt. All right, let's get to why most people are probably going to be here. We are uh, glad to have Thad Wheeler, new Riverheads football coach, coming on, and that'll be next. All right, back here on the Yak Sports Podcast. We are now very happy to be joined by new Riverheads football coach, Coach Thad Wheeler. Coach, thanks for coming on with us. Thanks for having me. 
All right. So I, by this time, everybody knows uh, Riverheads has the new coach. He's from Warhill High School. But tell me, why was Riverheads a good fit for you and your family right now? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's uh, several things that fell into place when we are looking into it there. And um, I think the area for raising a family, the community aspect um, is unique there. It's something that I think, you know, I'd like for my family to grow up in. Um, as far as the football, you know, obviously, you know, they've done a very, very good job. Coach Castor there for a while now. And um, I was fortunate enough to be on the sideline in a playoff game uh, on the losing end, obviously, uh, uh, back in the day there. And it was, <laughs> and it was just a uh, – the environment there is unique. Um, you know, the brand of football they play is something that I really enjoy. Um, the offense they run is a system similar to what I've been doing. So there's a lot of things like that that fit into place. Um, like I said, along with things that, uh, that I think were right for my family there. Talk about the process of you, uh, trying to get this job, you know, how, um, how did you find out the job was becoming available and then talk about the process it took for you, uh, from that point on between being named head coach? Uh, yeah, I mean, I saw, um, where coach Casto had, re uh, resigned. And like I said, uh, I knew of Riverheads from having to uh, play them, um, you know, when I was at Virginia High as an assistant coach. Um, and honestly, I probably would not have applied for the job if it wasn't for being on that staff at that time and being up there and getting to play against them. Um, but I saw that it was open um, there and I put in an application, um, just thought I'd give it a try. And I uh, got an interview and uh, had very good um, conversation with the administration there and, uh, you know, was lucky enough to move forward with it. Coach, talk about your experience before accepting this job and, you know, what Riverhead's fans, maybe they've heard the name Thad Wheeler now, but are like, okay, well, what are we getting? Explain what you've been doing up to this point. Uh, yeah, I've been very fortunate, I think, to have uh, been at some assistant coaches at uh, places uh, like uh, Virginia High, George Wyss, um, there with HS Ingo. I was there for a year after they came off their state championship run. Um, so I've had a lot of very good influences. Um, I was given the opportunity to take over Warhill uh, program, which uh, needed a lot of help. Um, and it was a great opportunity. Um, really have enjoyed it. We've become a physical football program up here and known for similar to what Riverheads is known for running the wing tee. And that was a great great you know opportunity and process that went through that really helped me develop uh putting in a new weight room uh you know they barely had any guys working out before then and you know we're up to we were up to 50 in the morning at 6 a.m working out so it was it was nice to see the change in culture and develop that culture here um so that was that was a great experience uh, for me Looking ahead, you're you're going into a place that that already has a culture, a winning culture set. You know, what are your thoughts molding that culture into what you're used to coaching? And um, you know, probably some give and take in there at some point. But you know, how do you take what's already there and make it your own? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's the next process. Um, you know, that's something I'm excited to go through and get there. Um, you know, I get to meet the players and parents here the upcoming Saturday, but just to get there and kind of evaluate, meet with the coaches, 
um, and really get a hands-on look at the program. Obviously, I've seen it from the outside, and a lot of things they do are that I've seen on film they do are similar to what I do. Um, it's just getting the you know the right mesh of my terminology with them and vice versa. Um, so I, I, there's a lot of things they do well, um, and it's all about the little things. You know, that's that's I think that's what's made them great is the challenges of doing the very simple things excellent, and that's you know that's something that that I truly believe in too and take pride in and want to continue that there. So, and I know you've touched on a little bit here, but you're filling in for Casto. He's coming off three straight state championships. You know, are you a little worried about that pressure or, you know, are you looking forward to just coming in um, because you're following, you know, the best coach in Riverhead's history? Um, talk about, talk about that. Hey, yeah. Uh, you know, like I said, that's a, it's a, Daunting job is what I told them. Uh, obviously, you know, um, in reality, there's nowhere to go but down. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, but uh, I really think I'm thinking of it as a different way. It's a it's a new challenge, and every day is a process, and every day is a challenge uh, to get better. I think you know once you start really thinking about you know state championships and all that, you've already lost because I mean it's it's that's not how you get there, and you know. We want to keep that tradition they got at Riverheads, and that's going to be a fight day to day. Um, and that's 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 kind of more the mentality I'm taking into it, rather than trying to follow what's been there. Very good. Uh, you mentioned you're you're soon be able to meet the team, meet the parents, uh, meet the coaches. What work have you been able to put in so far? I mean, are you are you reviewing game tapes to see, you know, sure, you know, you're familiar with what Riverheads is and you faced them a couple years ago. But have you been able to dig in any to, you know, the juniors that are coming or or uh, familiarize, you know, specifically with uh, with the plays they've been running? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's one thing. I mean, uh, from a distance here with the, the huddle, I've been able to, you know, been able to start studying film and. Uh, look at Riverheads and the opponents and, you know, the schedule that they're facing. So that's something I've been doing. Um, but, you know, I'm looking forward to getting down there meeting and starting developing the relationships with the players because, that you know, that's that's what coaching, that's what it's all about. So right now it's kind of a waiting game <laughs> to get there. <laughs> uh, a hard wait, I'm sure. Well, uh, we usually ask our, our guests um, a more specific question, but I'll, I'll broaden it for you. Outside of football, uh, what do you or you and your family enjoy doing away away from the football field and away from Friday nights? Yeah, we just, you know, me and my family, we enjoy the outdoor stuff, hiking and camping, um, you know, and just being together there as a family. So I think that's one thing I thought Augusta County and its location that really uh, played to a lot of things that we enjoy as a family. So, I mean, that's something we're looking forward to. All right, Coach. Well, we really appreciate having you on. I, I think I told you in an email while we were setting this up that I, I'm a gladiator. I uh, I got a state ring from back in 2000. So uh, really looking forward to seeing you on the sidelines. And and we really do wish, wish the best of luck to you. And so uh, you can continue the tradition that's been built. Thank you. Yeah, looking forward to getting down there and getting started. So. All right. Thank you, Coach. Thank you, guys. All right, D-Block, time to talk about us and our thoughts and opinions, which can get dangerous sometimes. Joe, what is dominating your life? 
Well, Leland, spring training opened up and the NCAA baseball season is officially getting underway. It started, I guess, a couple weeks ago, but I really kind of paid attention to it this weekend. So um, I'm excited about it. Look, spring training, the Orioles got nice home runs uh, from some young guys, the baby birds, as the Orioles are calling them themselves. So that's cool, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a rebuilding project. I'm excited. Even though I know the Orioles are going to be terrible this year, I'm excited to see the young guys out there. Chance Disco with a big bomb, uh, really got me going. And then the guy we got in the Manny trade hit a home run in his first up out of the spring as well. So very excited about that. NCAA baseball, the three teams that, you know, I guess people are interested about Virginia tech off to a six and start. Uh, they swept UNC Greensboro over the weekend and into this week. Uh, they also beat the four teams before that. UVA, they lost every single game in a tournament in Arizona. All the top 25 teams, though, including number one ranked Vanderbilt, uh, TCU, and Cal State Fullerton. And then they beat VMI and swept Villanova. So they're going to be pretty good. And yeah. JMU, they are off to a roaring 6-1 and one start as they swept Norfolk State beat Longwood and won two out of three against Lafayette. So, and they've gotten some home games in too. They've been playing in Harrisonburg. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good for them. And uh, hopefully they can keep it going. Uh, Their first uh, big conference test, I guess you would say will be Louisville. They'll be going to Louisville. Not sure what Louisville has this year. Uh, We'll find out if JMU sweeps that series, then, you know, I'll get really interested in the Dukes. But um, you know, they're a team that pokes into the tournament every couple of years and, and have has some opportunities. It's been yeah. a while, but yeah. Has it been a while? Eh, maybe it has. Softball. Uh, yeah. Baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Softball. I definitely paid more attention about. They they had a good uh, weekend. They got a lot of games canceled, but they were two and oh. Uh, now yeah. they're getting ready to go to their Arizona trip for two, two, like a, two straight weekends. Hopefully more successful than UVA baseball, huh? Yeah. Yeah. We always always hope that good. Good one there. Good zane on the Cavaliers. All right. <laughs> Uh, I, that's one thing about me. I love baseball. I really get into baseball, but I love that spring training is happening, but I don't usually pay that much attention during the spring. I, I don't, I don't dig into who, who's going to be on or off the 40 man roster and this and that. I, I enjoy well, that it's happening, but I don't pay that much. I'm usually occupied with basketball. So I, I'm usually not that deep into spring. So here's the thing, right? Nine times out of 10, I agree with you because we're talking about one or two roster spots for major league baseball yeah. teams. Yeah. With the Orioles, that's the exciting part. Who makes the 40-man, right? We don't even know who makes the 25-man this, this year. This is your season. Um, Chris Davis, Mark Trumbo, Trey Mancini. You know, there's a few guys that you know they're going to be on the team. Yeah. Um, but really, there are some bench spots available. There might even be some starting spots available. Who knows? Um, so the Orioles are going to be competing. Uh, spots on that 40-man and 25-man roster up for grabs, which will be the interesting thing. I didn't get a chance to watch the game Saturday. I watched the highlights uh, on Facebook and uh, I'll be trying to tune into as many spring games as I can, because again, uh, I think spring is going to be interesting to see what these young kids have and then what they bring into the regular season. Uh, Cisco, a guy that, you know, I, I was excited seeing the home run because he was terrible last year. So hopefully this isn't just, you know, a hot spring turns into a mild, or poor regular season, but uh, I'm hoping he can use this to kind of pole vault himself into a strong year. Again, I think a strong year after you bat under 200 during the season last year, I think a strong year this year would be somewhere in that 230, 240 range. 
Yeah, that's a good call. All right, what is dominating my life? And it's been dominating my life for a couple months now. I talked about it a couple times early in the season. I kind of let it settle there for a little bit. But our black team season wrapped up. The little girls, ages K to two, uh, finished off a great year where everybody really got better. And uh, I don't know if it was the coach's fault or not, but they got better. And it was great to see uh, my little one uh, in the youngest of those grades. Uh, she, in the last two games, each game has made a bucket, which really, really excited the coach slash father, including the first one, which the, was the first one she ever made during the clock, you know, when it was real, uh, I kind of had to run away from the bench for a second to make sure I wasn't inappropriately celebrating as a dad. But um, it, it was a great season. Enjoyed them all. Um, all very nice girls. And just based on, I mean, we played the three Riverheads teams. We played the one and then the other right after each other uh, on Sunday. There's a lot of talent in that little, that section of girls. Um, for being young, there's a lot of talent there. A lot of it was on one team in particular, and it wasn't ours. But um, I think Riverheads girls basketball here in about 10 years is going to really be good. <laughs> okay, well, I'll be sure to remember Watch that. out. I'll remember that. 2029, <laughs> put it on your calendar. So <laughs> They're going to make a run. All right, what do, uh, what do you know that I need to know, Joe? Well, the ACC tournament will be starting here soon enough. Uh, Virginia tech is a team that, you know, what remains to be seen, they're going to be somewhere in the middle yeah. seeds. And, um, again, without Justin Robertson, I don't know how far this team goes, uh, in that ACC tournament. And that's a tournament. good topic though, because I don't think he's coming wondering. back. I don't think he is. I don't think he's the coming back. The guys on the telecast Saturday fought much differently. They thought he'd be back week after next. Okay. Based on. I guess them talking to the coach, uh, something I don't think we've done. Yeah, but I don't think Buzz Williams has talked to anybody. So I At don't. the pressers, he doesn't, but I, you don't know what he says in those uh, meetings before the game starts with the TV crews and all that. You don't know what he says to them. We'll see. I don't think he's coming back. I've seen him in that boot the entire time. I don't think he's been he's doing walkthroughs back. without the boot. Oh, cool. Well, I wish he would show up to a game without the boot. Maybe then I would Why have would some confidence. Why would he put him through walkthroughs right now if he wasn't going to ever come back? Wishful thinking. Um, I don't, I don't think he's going to play. So I don't, I I don't think Virginia tech's going far in that ACC tournament. Uh, I think, I think you're right. Unfortunately. Um, I think UNC predictions here. Yeah. I think UNC will sweep Duke and then UVA will be the beneficiary winning the regular season in the ACC, which will be disgusting, but congratulations to them. They get to cut down the nets in whatever Charlotte. charlottesville i don't think they're charlotte. gonna win the eight no charlotte. nope because they're not gonna win charlotte. the acc tournament oh, okay well, um, no, one, no one cuts down nets for the regular season uh, maybe they will because they're not gonna be cutting them down in april so gonna cut them down when you can they've they've won the acc championship yeah. in recent years gotta cut them down when you can not gonna cut them down in april might as well cut them down for the regular season um so i think it's i think duke is going to win the acc tournament because i think zion will be good to go in that yeah. ACC tournament. And I think they're going to win it. Um, I think they're being extra cautious with him right now. If that injury happens in the round of 32, he's playing sweet 16 game. Like yeah. they, they're just being cautious with him because they, because Duke knows the regular season doesn't really matter that much. You like to pick up wins. You like to learn about yourself. You like to get into games where you have to be tested. They're fine with what's going on. The rest of them, a couple games, 
he'll be back. They'll get him back before the regular season ends, and he'll be rolling into the ACC tourney. I agree. Yeah, I, I think UVA, Duke, UNC. I wouldn't be shocked if any of those three won it. I'm going to say Duke just because I think they're the best team out of the three. And and look, if Zion is back and in the swing of things going into that second UNC game, maybe they do beat UNC. I don't know. He was out really, really early in that uh, Duke-UNC game, and I think that was a mental blow as much as a game plan blow. So yeah. uh, that probably affected them a little bit. But um, the other thing I want to say is outside of those top three teams, I think your uh, notes don't mention a team, but I would say yeah, Syracuse. Dude. No. I would say Syracuse is a team to look out for. I think they're going to rally behind Jim Beheim. I disagree. They're uh, going to drop because they still have to play UNC and UVA. I'm they talking about ACC to tournament time. If you're That's talking fine, about a team they're gonna get to look lower for, seated. they're going to drop oh, down I the don't rankings care. and they're going to go into that ACC tournament basically tied with Virginia Tech. So they're going to be somewhere in that five to seven. Oh, range, cool. And so they might play a- us and they're going to beat us. No, we weren't going to play the team next to us. They're going to be ranked near us. And so they're going to have to play a Duke or UNC at the ACC tournament sooner than they would. And they're going to lose in that tournament. And if they don't lose the first game they play against a good team, they'll lose the second. Mm, I have little I faith know. in that team. They're going to drop. Okay. Well, we'll see. I think that's a team that I would not want to see in the ACC tournament because I think they're going to rally behind Jim Beheim. I think Syracuse will finish with 11 ACC wins, and that's how many I think Virginia Tech will, and that's that's where I think they're at. So I think they're going to be tied down there, and they're going to have to play. They're going to have a tough go at it in the ACC, and I I think like we will, and I think it's not going to be the best for them. The other things I think, I do think UVA wins out because at Louisville was going to be their hardest game. I still think they win it. Yeah. Or they, they did. I mean, they did. Yeah. Um, Virginia Tech. Uh, we're sitting at the four spot right now, but we have two losses ahead of us uh, and basically one win. So I think we go one and two down the stretch, finish with those 11 ACC wins. I think the team we beat is Georgia Tech. Uh, or no, excuse me, Miami in the finale. And that's at, that's at home. Cuse uh, lost Saturday. They'll drop because they play UNC and UVA. I already mentioned that. Miami is going to go up a few spots because they have a bunch of easy games left against teams that are actually lower than them, which is not much space down there, but they play uh, Pitt and Wake. And so Miami's going to jump up a couple spots. Are and any I think of those UNC... on the road, though? What? Are either of those on the road, though? I don't know. Because... And then I think UNC is going to be the headliner going into the ACC tournament because I do think they're going to beat Duke again, and I think they're going to be rolling. I think they will have won. They've won three in a row right now, and I think they win four more, so they'll be the hot team going in, even though UVA will have one more in a row, but everybody's going to be looking at UNC. And then anything's up in the air. I I want Virginia Tech. This is where I get back to being selfish. I, I want Virginia Tech to finish uh, six or seven is fine with me. I because that's night games in the t- when they start going. So I just want to be able to see the game and not be played during the day. <laughs> I mm. if they're four or five, they play like at that two o'clock game. I don't want that to happen. <laughs> it's not about matchups. It's about my being able to see it. <laughs> yeah, I I I. You have a problem with my wanting to watch games? Yeah, I think you should want your team to do well rather I than I do be want able them to, to do well, it. but I think it's the same difference in that 6-7 area. That's where I think they'll wind up with losing two of these last three. Uh, that's where they'll wind up. That's what the numbers show. 
Um, if they're able to win out, even then they're still at best a fifth. I'd rather them just stay at six if that's the case. Um, that way they have a little bit more favorable matchup there in that uh, first game, I think. And then you're still going to hit a Duke, UVA, or North Carolina soon enough. And I, honestly, I'll say it right here. I want UVA again. And I know you're disagreeing. You are I want them again. smoking something. I want them again. We lost by six and we shot three for 27. I and want they again. played horrible. I want Justin Robinson back there. I want to play that same defense and get to them. And I want them again. I want to be the team that beats them. That's what I want. Okay. Well, I'm going to. Because we're not going to beat Duke or UNC either. So what does it matter? Yeah. I'd I'm going to be real. And bit my no. rival. My God. No. I'm going to be real here. Um, we, if we, we play UVA six, in the ACC tournament, six, you're going to get killed six. Yeah, at home in a, in the worst game UVA may be played all year. You lost by six. If you're not, you're not playing that game at castle. You're not playing that game at castle again. You're going to play it on a neutral floor, which is going to be pro UVA. And you're going to get absolutely run out of the gym. Just like you did when you played in Charlottesville with Justin Robinson. With all those UNC and Duke fans there, yep. you think they're going to cheer for UVA? Mm-hmm. They ain't cheering for UVA. Because UVA is going to be up 15 in the first five minutes of that game. I want them again. That's how I feel. Okay. Well, when we lose by 100 points, then I guess we'll find out how good we are. They got to score 100 to beat us by 100, buddy. Well, I'm telling you, I don't think we're going to play that well. I don't think we're going to be that good. I think Syracuse is better than we are. I think Florida State is better than we are. I think Louisville is better than we are. Well, that's why I have them all finishing ahead of us at the end of the season. We're going to be in the NCAA tournament, (laughs) and we are going to be one and done. I'd really like to win a game. That's my goal for any ACC tournament of the last years and any NCAA tournament is just to beat a team with a lower number than we are. It's my only goal. And in the NCAA tournament, we haven't beat teams with higher numbers than us. So Not going to happen. I'd like to see it happen. If we have Justin Robinson back, I'd definitely give us a chance to. Mm, no. Okay. All right. What do I know that you need to know is that Rex Chapman has a pretty entertaining Twitter page. He does this all the time. He takes videos of like collisions that have nothing to do with basketball generally. And he says block or charge. And it's it's really funny. I mean, there's continually just every day there's one that makes me at least smirk, if not laugh out loud. And today there was like a cruise ship running into uh, a port, uh, which was kind of scary too. But I mean, all the time they're hilarious. And I've actually replied to them with some pretty smart remark or not smart, uh, um, sarcastic remarks uh, about uh, whether there was blocks or charges and this and that, but it's hilarious. Check it out. Rex Chapman's Twitter page. I had seen it for a while when people had either commented or retweeted them. I finally started following them and it's been awesome. And uh, every once in a while, too, he just will show old videos. Like recently, he showed a video of Michael Jordan breaking a rim, which I had never seen before. And then he also showed a video of uh, Sean Kemp, who uh, I hope you know who that is, young Joe. Uh, Sean Kemp (laughs) in the playoffs in the early 90s, absolutely dunking on someone's face and then pointing at him uh, in reaction to it, like basically laughing at him. It was awesome. And so... uh, I, it's a good follow Rex Chapman's Twitter page. We'll retweet something on him uh, throughout this week. So you guys have an easy way to, to find it. But uh, Rex Chapman's Twitter page, it's, it's made me happy recently. Okay. That's good. Um, the only thing I noticed on Twitter this week was Peta throwing some shade at Steve Irwin on his birthday. 
and people why, why would they do like why? people blowing PETA up on Twitter, which really that's the only reason I want PETA to exist anymore is so when they put up something stupid like attacking a person who's done more for animal wildlife and conservation than they ever have um, just to watch the reaction of people making fun of them. And that's really why PETA should, that should be the only reason PETA exists anymore. Uh, some of the best uh, s- sarcastic remarks I've seen go back at PETA in recent years has been my brother-in-law who who's listening. Somebody, uh, he like people tweet or PETA will be like, how could you eat that animal? How, and it's the common joke. And like, he usually has something pretty smart, like a recipe or, you know, <laughs> all that stuff. So I, I always appreciate whatever he speaks up on Twitter towards PETA. It's usually hilarious. So, uh, um, yeah, I think I, I don't have pe- – uh, I really – if people have a problem with people hurting animals or hunting big game and that stuff, I don't have a problem with that. Like be mad at people for the unnecessary stuff. But for people eating cows and – or Steve Irwin who was like – I think I believe he loved animals and treated animals yeah. nicely and, and really was trying to educate people about animals and really share his love of animals. Why are we digging at that? And especially he's – He's passed. Why don't we just leave it alone? Like, you didn't have to say anything. Just leave it alone. Yeah, they brought it up because Google honored Steve Irwin on his birthday by... That was the Google Doodles with Steve Irwin, and so they felt the need to take a shot at Steve Irwin. Oh, the liberal search engine fake search Google. Well, if you come at the king, you best not miss, PETA. So, (laughs) you done goofed. (laughs) But, um, (laughs) yeah, I don't like PETA. So that's fine. Yeah, I'm fine with I'm fine with those other things I said. But yeah, PETA just gets out of line way too often. I do want to plug before we get going here. We're going to have a bracket challenge. Yeah. So make make sure when we announce that, when we share it through Twitter, it'll be a public thing. Anybody can join. And uh, I guess it's going to be bragging rights. uh, But maybe we'll bring the winner on for an interview at least or something like that. That that seems simple enough. But uh, make sure you're keeping your eyes out for that. We'll post it either through like ESPN or or Yahoo, probably ESPN, just to uh, make it easy on everybody. And we'll have a little uh, tournament going on. We'll track the winners and go from there. Yeah, it should be fun. Um, I'm How many brackets do you it. fill out? I only fill out one. Maybe, t- okay, I'll fill out one here, and then I'll fill out one for your pool if you're doing it again like, this year. But... How many different, like how many different scenarios do you fill out do you are you a multi-bracket like i'm i fill out not typically i only one maybe two but it all has the same bracket yeah one maybe two if there's like a game that i'm really worried about when it gets down to like the sweet 16 or something gotcha yeah i i hate people that fill out 32 different looking brackets that yeah yeah. and then they're like i mean i've had defeats the purpose be like oh i have this team and this team i'm like the whole reason i watch is make a bracket and watch is to have a rooting interest in every single game. So I can only do that with one bracket. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, yeah. And you know, we'll see what happens. Um, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at yak sports pod on Facebook. Like us there. Yak sports podcast. You can also email us yak sports pod at gmail.com. Uh, don't forget Liverpool takes their top of the table team against Watford on Wednesday and are they gonna win something some point dude I am not kidding with you Leland Sunday was a nightmare (laughs) a scoreless draw in which we looked like doo-doo we didn't play well it was not a good game I was stressed (laughs) out the entire time 
We're top of the table by just a point now. We were up double digits about a month ago. It's all cra- coming crashing down. Are they missing Justin Robinson too? Oh my gosh. <laughs> we're missing so much right now. We're going to be done. By the time the Merseyside Derby comes around Sunday, I have a feeling we're not going to be in first place anymore. And th- let me tell you, folks, if that's the case, it's going to be a real dark pod next week. So <laughs> It's going to get worse. It's going to get it's dark. It's going to get darker. It's going to get darker because the Champions League second leg will be coming around. That first leg didn't go well either. So Just so listeners know, I listened to you on the way home from East Rockingham the other night rant about Denny's, Burger King, and Taco Bell. And yeah, we we were supposed to put that on here. <laughs> and when I told my wife about it, she goes, I don't know if I've ever known someone that's more negative than Joe. <laughs> like, you just go off about Burger King and Taco Bell for barely any good reason. You've had both once, and you're just well, rant. Not, no, them. I've had Burger they're King quite a bit. I just good. haven't had Burger King since I was in high school. And I also like the fact that you put IHOP on some kind of pedestal above Denny's. Yeah. It's the same thing. No, IHOP is positive. See, you don't tell Stephanie about that. IHOP is the classic I breakfast heard. place. She said IHOP is trash. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but she's wrong. She's a nice lady, but she's wrong. Um, Denny's is gutter sauce, and so is Waffle House. Waffle House is where you go to make the last mistake of oh, yeah. your evening. Waffle House is terrible. I've been there many times. <laughs> it's, it's terrible, terrible, terrible. Awful food. Anyway, I've been there many times. They've they've taken my money. <laughs> Until next week, and if you want my fast food suggestions, just ask on Twitter. Uh, Leland or myself will provide them for you. So. Until next week, folks, we hope you enjoy this episode of Yank Sports Podcast. Again, please do leave your comments on whatever sports related or non sports related topic we talk about. We enjoy the fan interaction. Until next week, folks. Thanks. Good night. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.